Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the 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 whatever uh, the <laughs> the courage and creativity of ADHD. Uh, I'm Jen and I have ADHD like a lot. <laughs> I'm Ellen. I also have ADHD. I'm Annette, and I'm hard ADHD. <laughs> And we can't even talk today. So um, we have, speaking of not being able to do something, but then knowing that you have to do it anyway, we're, mm-hmm. our topic today is resilience. <laughs> so we're going to stumble through this probably because, um, I don't know, we're, sometimes we're tired, right? Um, but first, I have some real world ADHD news for you. So there mm-hmm. is a woman in uh, out there in the world who ran into a apparently a, a regionally famous quarterback for like the New York bu- the Buffalo Bills I guess um, so she runs into this person at an airport and pranks her daughter and says I just met Chris Pratt because she thinks he looks like Chris Pratt she has no idea who this person really is until it gets on the internet and goes viral oh. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know that this is an ADHD moment because this person is my sister-in-law. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, yay, Donna. She, you're so famous right now. She's literally doing radio interviews and podcasts about this issue because he's like so famous in that one part of the United States and everybody just loves this guy, I guess. And she had no clue at all. She just wanted to prank her daughter and make, make her think that she had met Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's awesome. And Yo, I mean, yeah. I meet famous people in Japan quite often and I have no idea who they are. And so oh I'm just God. like, talking like a normal person like hey 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 and then everybody afterwards is like do you know who you're talking to i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's fair because when you see somebody in print all the time and presumably anytime you see this guy he's probably got a helmet on some pads maybe you know some of that dark eye stuff they put on or whatever you know like it's it's not going to look like the person who's just in a sweatshirt in an airport. Um, and also, isn't there a psycholo- a, a psychological thing in that where you like it's a psychological phenomenon where you can recognize a celebrity if it's in print, but not in person because it's like your brain doesn't associate. I heard about oh, this that's somewhere. the same thing. Well, yeah, there's it, it's because your brain is processing a 2D image and once it's in 3D, you're not seeing all of the angles and so sometimes it does not compute ah okay so there was that at play too you know to her in her defense (laughs) but yay congratulations donna for meeting a quarterback (laughs) (laughs) and not chris pratt and not chris pratt yeah i wonder if chris (laughs) pratt's sitting back on the internet going who is this quarterback guy i don't look like that like (laughs) (laughs) You got to (laughs) wonder. Yeah. So um, anyway, resilience. Uh, This is something that comes up from time to time. And it's like a buzzword that just it never properly goes away. All of a sudden, people start talking about grit, resilience, chutzpah, stubbornness. And, you know, depending on what word you use, it'll get painted in a slightly different light. Um, I don't feel like like you know, girls are encouraged to be resilient as much as boys are. Um, That's my personal opinion on the matter. But, you know, it seems like like boys are rewarded a little bit more for this behavior than girls are for just, you know, sticking to it. I think that has to I think that has to do with sports and uh, boys sports and uh, team hierarchy and things like that. But um I think a lot of people uh, misunderstand the definition of being resilient because being resilient doesn't mean like pushing through or like having grit. Resilience is like being able to get through a difficult thing and then coming out the other side successful Mm. is the true meaning of resilience. Like thriving after trauma. 
Okay. So like the drilling, the, the, sorry, the difference between resilience and grit is the fact that with resilience, you come out the other, the other end successfully. Whereas with grit, there's no like end determination there. You just kind of keep going and going and going. Well, yeah. And I think that, I mean, a lot of people feel like adult, they're always like adulting is so hard and you know, you have to do this. It is, man. Uh, I mean, adulting <laughs> is hard, but yeah. how would you, how, why would you even think that adulting would be easy? I mean, if you look That's back fair. through history, yeah, if you look back through history, it's like, okay, so we don't have to plant our crops anymore and a, bun- a, a, a plague of locusts isn't going to make it so that we starve to death, you know, but like, mm-hmm. it's always been hard. Why do you mm-hmm. expect it not to be hard? So this, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the younger generation is like, well, it's not fun and it's really hard and I don't want to do it because it's hard. And I'm like, yo, being a human is hard. Life is hard. It's I like, mean, I agree, you know? but I will say, you know, we're kind of, we're elder millennials, if you will. You know, we grew up, we were born <laughs> in the 1980s. The elders. And I, I feel like our generation was kind of sold this message that if you you know, go to school and work hard and go to college and graduate and you're guaranteed to get a good job and then you're guaranteed to have a successful life, relationship, you know, all Mm -hmm. your dreams will come true if you just do all these right things, you know, and be a good person. And so I think that's maybe where some of the like disappointment comes from is that a lot of us did kind of quote, do all the right things and are feeling mm-hmm. a little disappointed right now. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot going on right now in the world and our economy. There's, it's it's hard yeah, right I, now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that lie came from the uh, idea of the people from the you know baby boomers, and mm-hmm. they had they came back from war. They had a booming economy. Everybody was <laughs> having children. Buying houses was cheaper. You did go to work, get a decent job and you could mm-hmm. provide for your entire family. And so the baby boomers raising us, mm-hmm. you know, kind of spread that cuz that was their reality. Yeah. But yeah. you yeah. know, times change mm-hmm. and that's not our reality, but I mean, yeah. even if you look back at the baby boomers generation, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. You know, no, a, no, a bunch no, of no. them died at war. They had to shut down everything. They they worked mm-hmm. in factories. You know, a lot of people had more blue collar jobs, not as many white collar jobs. Mm-hmm. But our generation mm-hmm. thinks, OK, if I go to university, I'm going to have a white collar job, which is not the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. A degree does not guarantee you just. No, no. Even sometimes hard work doesn't guarantee yeah, I know. Sometimes the hardest workers are getting paid the lowest wages. It's really sad, honestly. But got to be resilient, I guess. Well, <laughs> well yeah. And so coming back Strappers. to resilience. Um, yeah, strap the, those boots. The, the, the psychological kind of uh, definition of resilience is the ability to deal with difficult events and there's like six different things that contribute to an individual's resiliency. One is being able to make realistic plans and taking the steps needed to carry out those plans. So that helps build resilience. Um, Next is managing strong impulses or feelings. (laughs) So you can see how you can already see from the first two how uh, fail (laughs) this this, is, this can be a little bit of a challenge for those. All of right, us what else ADHD. we got? What else we got here? Okay, number three, <laughs> taking a, a favorable view of oneself and having confidence in your abilities and strengths. Okay. Because we don't have RSD or anything. Oh, yeah. No, um, no, no. Yeah. Next is having skills in the areas of communication and problem solving. That actually mm-hmm. is to our benefit, to yeah, a lot of depends on who you're and communicating actually... with, but yes. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Yes. Um, <laughs> next is coping with stress, hmm. and mm-hmm. the last one is bouncing back from trauma, challenges, failures, and adversity in any form. Now, Ooh, that's a big one. People, people will, yeah. yeah, but people will look at this, and you know, there are areas where uh, the ADHD brain finds it very difficult to be resilient. We, Mm -hmm. you know, get distracted from things. We can't 
properly plan out something in some cases. Mm -hmm. But these are just some of the points. It's also possible for ADHD people to be extremely resilient because every moment of our life, every day, we are faced with adversity. And we have to mm -hmm. overcome the smallest little things in our life mm -hmm. constantly. We are constantly yeah. challenged. And so that can build a lot of resilience. And so people with ADHD can be highly resilient as well. Yeah. And downright stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking for myself right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as it, so as the in inattentive type here, you know, I am not really a, also my personality i'm not really a competitive person not really competitive with myself either you know so and and also when i was growing up my parents weren't exactly strict with my brother and i about like getting us to keep doing things like if if we started an activity or a sport or something and we didn't like it you know even on the first day they were like oh it's okay you don't have to do it you know don't do it if you don't want to you know, which is like, I, I get it. They had very strict parents, so they didn't want to be strict with us. But it didn't really teach me to, like, keep going at something and keep striving, even if it was a little bit challenging. So, like, I think I've mentioned this on here before, but, like, I never learned how to swim because it was just too hard for me when I was a kid. And so my parents were like, it's OK, don't don't worry about it then. And um, So I just I, I feel like I haven't had the best track record with um, sticking with challenging circumstances and overcoming them and so maybe you know but obviously I've I've been through trauma and and I feel like I'm at a point in my life now where I'm starting to thrive and so you know you could say that I have been resilient you know maybe the way I got there is different than other people though mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and just because you're resilient in one area of your life doesn't mean you have to be resilient in every area of your oh, life. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think the odds on that are pretty small because, I I mean, I've met people who were resilient in stuff that I was like, oh, wow, that's that must be really hard. And they're like, oh, yeah, no problem for me. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, they would, like, cringe at something that I'd be like, "What? what's the matter with this? Like, you know, mm. <laughs> so everyone's it, different. It's a very personal yeah. thing. Yeah, we all have different thresholds. Yeah, yeah, I agree. True. You know, yeah, I look at the uh, English. You know, the English school. I've said before, it starts its new school year in April. Mm -hmm. So we just started this week, and it's our first week of classes, Yay. which is always fun and exciting. But also, there's a lot that goes into and it. And you had, the and stomach I always flu. look. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, and I had the stomach flu, but I, I had to teach because there was nobody else. Oh resilient uh, it's okay really okay absolutely I, I survived yes you did <laughs> but yeah. but i don't i don't feel like that's so much resilience because like that's just you know sheer survival yeah that one's grit <laughs> literally gritting your that teeth was, <laughs> that was just like you have to survive man let's go but uh, I look at the English, preparing for the English school every year, and it looks like this just impossible mountain. Mm. But I get it done every year. And I, I do. I, I've learned to make lists and mm -hmm. put things where I actually just, I started this year. I use the, uh, like the to-do list thing on my, my MacBook Pro. I have mm -hmm. the to-do list in the upper corner and I never shut it oh yeah I because I don't have object permanence yeah. and Ellen and I were talking about this just a little bit <laughs> gotta ago gotta keep it inside you know, I, I hide money yep. from myself and then I find it and I'm like oh my god I'm rich I mean, just because you know it, it happens same. all the time <laughs> same thing yeah. here I know object permanence <laughs> oh yeah it's horrible but like if if I have my to-do list constantly on my computer screen, every morning when I open my computer screen, I go, oh, yeah, I have to do that. <laughs> oh, man. No, that sounds gotta, like a really excellent helps. idea. Like, mm -hmm. I need to try that. <laughs> you got to. It's, it's glaring at me. Got to know yourself. Yep. Know, know what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's it. I've got to try that. And try to hide money from yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the savings plan. I used to actually be really good when when I was like younger. I figured out that if I just put my my money, like all the money that I wanted to save into a box and I, I couldn't see it, I just wouldn't think of it forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ADHD hack. Yeah, that's what I was... That's what I was telling Ellen about. Mm-hmm. I always freak out that I'm not going to have enough money to do the events at my school. And then I'll like be putting away my underwear and I see like the peeking up of an envelope and I'm like, oh, I have money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. It's amazing. And I do it every year. So you would think that I would mm-hmm. remember it, but I just don't. ADHD. <laughs> yeah. So. So there is. My husband it. is. <laughs> yeah that's maybe resilience yeah. that's, you're thriving resilience or forgetfulness yes um, <laughs> we're but thriving like with well, but forgetfulness there's different kinds there though go. right there's different kinds of resilience yeah. i mean there's uh, uh, what are they emotional mental physical what's the other one mm-hmm. uh <laughs> is there another one <laughs> yeah there's four yeah there is there is <laughs> Emotional, it's... mental, Hold on. Physical. Oh, my mental. God. Mental. And I just... We said oh, mental. Uh, physical, mental, emotional, mental. social. So... Oh, social, social. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah, social yeah, yeah. resilience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Whoops. <laughs> so some of these are easier than others for people, I guess. You know, physical, physical resilience. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, I mean... I, I I don't know. Do you have physical resilience? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean, throughout my life, there I've got a few like chronic conditions that I've had to face and now live with and deal with, and so I won't. You know, I don't have to go into detail on those right now. But I guess you could say that's resilience right there is overcoming, you know, any health setbacks like that. And I, I know both you guys have had your fair share mm-hmm. of those as well. So we've had yeah. to learn how to be resilient when health problems come up and yeah. 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 Well, true. Actually, like this is the phys- physical resilience. That's actually a really interesting thing because um, during spring vacation, I mean, I'm, I'm like kind of recovering now, but uh, the past couple nights I've been taking my daughters out running with me and mm-hmm. um we do like three kilometers, you know, and I tell them it's I don't okay know to what stop that means. if you, if three kilometers. <laughs> What's that in miles? <laughs> How many narwhals? Like for the, a mile and a half. A mile <laughs> okay, and thank you. Just for a quarter. For the maybe. lazy Americans like me. Yeah. Thank you. A little over, uh, yeah, a little over a mile, I would nice. say. Nice. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's not that far. And, uh, but I tell them, you can stop if you want to, but our goal is that light. And mm-hmm. um, we were running and like they're, they're trying their hardest to make it to the goals. And then um, when we were walking back after our last goal, the um, two nights ago, I, uh, I was, uh, they were like, I'm just so tired. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, running and, meet, and meeting your goals, that's, you know, it's building your muscles. It's building your, you know, physical stamina. That's great. But, it's also building <laughs> your mentality and it's making you mentally strong. It's, <laughs> it's showing you that even though you're tired, even though your, your body is telling you stop, you're pushing through it. You're, you're getting resilience. Yeah. And I, I had that conversation just literally. Today you're such a good mom. Because <laughs> no, I <laughs> just want to be strong mentally. No, that's, seriously, <laughs> that's such a good message. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, they could stop and go back. It, mm-hmm. I mean, they could conceivably yeah. do it, but it's not very good for them mentally. Well, but kids, kids need to, sometimes they need to be taught what is the importance of the activity that you're mm-hmm. doing. True. And so yeah. when they, when yeah, they, the heard, why behind when they it. heard that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, when they heard that they were able to process it and they were like, okay and they were like but how does that how does that deal with my everyday life and i'm like well when you're doing your studying or your homework sometimes you don't want to so you sit there and play around right and they're like yeah i'm like well use the same mental technique to focus on what you're doing and get it done you know you can build that resilience it doesn't come naturally 
to you. That's okay. It doesn't come naturally to me either. so smart. And so, and that's really helping them like, you know, grasp their own agency and feel self-empowered. It's so much better than just being like, run a mile because I told you so. Because you have to, you know, Mm -hmm. you're actually explaining to them why this is going to help them when they grow up. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just yeah, um, my, I my never, kids never fell for because I said so. I have to give some kind of explanation no. usually anyway. Kids are smart, yeah. you know. They want to know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have never ever 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 unless it's like you need to clean up your stuff now and I've explained yeah. why and they're still asking why, <laughs> then I'm like, "Okay, right. cuz I said so." But yeah. uh, I will always give them I will always give them an answer first. You know, because mm-hmm. of this. And then they ask good. more questions and I'm like, Okay, now you're just asking questions to avoid what you're doing. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, physical resilience uh, is yes. very important. Mm-hmm. It is physical. Yeah, and if you yeah. want to if you want to train your your mind to do hard things, I mean, any kind of physical training will help with that because it's yeah. teaching you a skill that you can apply to do- other areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's it's hard like it, it, and you want to set like a, a goal of some kind when you're doing the physical training. So whether that's a time limit or like a distance or something like that, that you know you want to achieve, um, that really speaks to the goal setting part of your brain and the part that'll have that mental resilience crop up and be like, well, you're tired, but you still have all this left to go. You know, mm-hmm, you, right. you haven't met your goal yet. <laughs> And a lot of us will just, you know, a lot of us ADHD ears will be just like, well, I, I don't want to today. I'm tired or something. It's like, I always make this, I always feel like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, I don't want to run. I don't want to do this. I always mm-hmm. feel like that. But I have a rule with myself that I'm going to put on my shoes and put on my running pants and at least walk out the door. If I yeah. walk a little bit and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just, mm-mm. I'll go back <laughs> to the house. But 99% of the time, as soon as I'm out the door, then I'm like, okay, you know, I've yeah, got, now I've we're made good. it this far. That's a good rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, like, give yourself um, grace, but like at least get your shoes on. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm starting to try to get back into shape too. So we have this like exercise bike that that's, I figured for me, it's, it's easiest um, where I live to, you know, do something like that, where you can just kind of stay in your garage rather than walk around because the there aren't a lot of like really nice sidewalk areas some of them are kind of crappy so it's if I were to try to do like the running or jogging thing first of all I've never been a very great runner and I usually get like a, some kind of joint injury like right off the bat or shin splints and I'll be like oh can't run hmm and then you know because I have that going on and I technically have to rest like it'll just go on indefinitely so this this time in order for me to work around that little excuse, um, I just figured, you know what, maybe running is not really for me. Maybe it's just not what my body likes because I did such low impact sports when I was a kid that I probably didn't develop some of the strength that my joints needed to do something like running. Oh yeah. Running hurts <laughs> so, me. Um, I'm a, I'm a walker personally. And I just have a reminder, yeah. <laughs> a reminder on my phone that comes up every morning that just says walk. <laughs> and, uh, that's, yeah. that's good. otherwise i would that's literally good. forget because i i don't enjoy mm-hmm. thinking about doing it, it just like you said like it's like oh okay i guess i have to walk you know i'm not like oh yay i get to go on my walk you know like I, i've never been a huge oh, exerciser God, yeah but even just having that prompt will be like enough for me to just get out of the house and do it so yeah yeah that's good you know how to trick your brain you- yeah exactly mm-hmm. But, uh, and yeah, even though but, I was so, an exerciser, like I didn't like I don't really like to start out like starting out is the hardest part, mm-hmm. even though I used to train for a, for like, you know, competitive sports. Um, I would be like, oh, man, I just really don't want to get started. I'd rather just lay around like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have to you have to put yourself in the position of having to go and having to do something. Yeah. Well, and that and that that actually segues really nicely into being able to be uh, mentally resilient. Yeah, they do go right? hand yeah. in hand, overcoming so, problems yes. and challenges. 
So how do you guys feel like you're mentally resilient or how do you exercise that? Hmm. Well, you know, I was thinking about this. I feel like people with ADHD tend to be creative problem solvers, you know, like we, we, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of them anyway. And so maybe that's an advantage right there is that we're able to kind of think outside the box. Mm -hmm. And when a, a problem comes up that all the neurotypicals are freaking out about, we're kind of like, oh, I see a way out of this. You know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe we're yeah. good. We're good under distress. Yeah, yeah, we oh, can be. Yes, mm-hmm. nothing like a deadline to get you panicked, right? Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, deadlines work wonders. Like, I, I swear, it's it's amazing. But I, I feel like I have fairly good mental resilience, even if I don't have like hard and fast deadlines. Sometimes it really depends on the thing too. Hmm. So, like for certain things where I know it's going to be like, you know, torture in some kind of way. I'm, I'm not as mentally resilient sometimes as I'd like to be, but if there's something on the line and I can trick myself into being like, Oh, I have to do that thing, then I'll do it. Like it will happen. Mm. So (laughs) So again, a lot of times I'll have to like promise. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll promise somebody something because I will like walk through fire before breaking promises Mm. Um, or I'll tell other people about it so that I feel like, you know, beholden to do the thing that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Have other people keep or like set it. Exactly. Or like set, like set some kind of a deadline by arranging my schedule so that if I fail to do the thing that I have to do during a certain window of time, I won't have time to do it then. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's another one. That is so true. We set ourselves up like that. We set ourselves up like that, whether we like it or not, where we only have exactly enough time to do the thing and no other time, you know, it's like it is crunch time. There's no Mm -hmm. other choice. But sometimes Mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it. And I feel like yeah. yeah, I think so too. And I feel like in a lot of situations, people with ADHD, we are so good at coming up with plans and like seeing things mm-hmm. out, looking outside from different angles, but we have a really hard time following through with things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that yeah. The, sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> it that builds resilience. It builds yeah. resilience. When you. When you start a project and you finish it, you, I mean, there, there is dopamine in that, ladies and gentlemen, when Mm -hmm. you start something and you see it all the way through, as soon as it's finished, there is a dopamine reaction there. So I highly (laughs) suggest pushing through and getting that dopamine. a lot more dopamine from starting projects than finishing them. I'll just say that though. (laughs) Hmm, I wonder if that's different for it's some a different people. Focus. I don't know. Yeah, I, I well, it's a different focus, but like <clears throat> there is a huge dopamine reaction, the, the satisfaction of seeing something complete. No, that is true. I, yes. I just, I personally feel like I'm not as good at that as other people are. And I'm, I mean, you know, and this is something we can talk about, but it's like you also kind of have to know when you're in the middle of something is this something I should even be doing? You know, like maybe I shouldn't, maybe I just should be Mm -hmm. throwing this away. But there is sometimes that, that urge to just want to see it through because you're this far in and you've invested this much time and money. And so I'm just going to keep my nose to it. I'm not like that though. If something gets difficult for me, Mm. my first thought is, oh, this is hard. Maybe that means I shouldn't be doing it. I mean, for better or worse, that's just how I'm wired, you know? And so if something is a challenge, my brain is like, alert, this is hard. Maybe we should be doing something different. Not, this is hard. How do we overcome this? You know? And so that's my kind of survival tactic there is do something different. So (laughs) that's what I mean by much more dopamine from starting things. I've literally started businesses and bought the license for them and then never done anything with it, you know, but it was a great, it was fun, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, my, what's interesting, my, my husband, my husband always says, and I I totally agree with him at being a business owner and having done things. My husband always says anybody can come up, up with an idea, but barely anybody can follow through it. And make it successful. Yeah, that's what takes hard work that's and resilience true. to do that part. And it sucks. Yeah. yeah, it yeah does. I mean, I, 
I started my English school with like 10 students. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's 11 years ago now. I started with like 10 students. Now I have over 150 students in two locations. Wow. And, you know, so... You it's know, just like anything that is worth doing. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort and uh, time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it I have doesn't always start out glamorous. No, either. it's messy. Like, and I personally have a hard time planning. I have a real hard time seeing into the future and seeing what my, you know, I, I feel like I'm very much kind of a in the moment, a lot of the time type person for better or worse. And so. Uh, it's, it's just hard for me to yeah oh, yeah yeah so when it comes to being resilient yeah. it's like yeah i don't know what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah it's okay I, I i feel what you're saying you know yeah i feel what you're saying but I, like, how do we know I, when I to feel quit like... something and when to keep like if, if you're having you know having to be mentally resilient about something how do you know if what you're doing is the right thing this problem you're working on sometimes sometimes it's just a matter of survival yeah yeah i mean all we can do is <laughs> one moment true. at a time we don't know we can't see in the future we don't know if our school is going to be successful we're just going to keep putting in the work mm -hmm. because I, I guess it just comes down to finding something that you're passionate about and doing what you love yeah yep yeah. it's passion and Survival. Yeah, I mean, Jen, that's just it that's, really that's how you, I, Jen, that's how you just were able to, you know, finish uh, your your degree here is because <laughs> you were passionate about it. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and I did overcome an awful lot just to get to that point. Like you're resilient people, as fuck. I, I it. Oh my gosh, it feels like that because yeah, like <laughs> it, it was funny because um. You know, starting out, we had a bunch of people in the courses that would go through with us. And over time, you'd notice certain people missing that you had talked to before. And, mm. oh, they're not there this time. And, oh, they're not there. And then you you go from having, like, 35 people in your class down to, like, oh, 20 people. And then all of a sudden, we're at, you know, 15. And and the the farther we went along, the fewer people were there. And like I just started my final capstone class where we had eight people and now it looks like there's only three at the very end of it all. Damn. Um, so and you're more than them. half the class disappeared. And yeah, and, and I'm one of them. I actually made it across the finish line and turned in that giant thesis. And um, it feels really good to have turned it in. Like Annette said, the dopamine rush of of clicking the send button and like, yes, it's done. God. I'm done. I'm free. That must have been but amazing. Like, <clears throat> it was because I had to go to school part time. I could not go to school full time because I had kids mm -hmm. and I had to work. There were some times where I was doing part time master's degree work and a full time job plus a part time job plus volunteer work to help make ends meet at the house. So, cause we've gone through a lot of different struggles, some of them with my husband's health, um, where I had to, you know, help a lot more and carry a lot more of the weight. And like, there was an entire year of my degree path where I was also the breadwinner of our household and doing it with multiple jobs. Oof. Um, and it was, just crazy because like I still look back at that period of time and I'm not a hundred percent sure how I did it except survival mode mm -hmm. that that was it it was the only choice otherwise we're, we were literally homeless um so I've hit that extreme point where it's like you do it or you're homeless mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can tell you if you you know if I if you asked me in high school if I would dream of becoming somebody's house cleaner, I would have said, fuck, no, no, I'm not cleaning up after other people. I don't even like cleaning up after myself. But, <laughs> um, you know, you do it. And I was a house cleaner for, you know, a good year. Um, and then then a little bit later, um, I ended up shutting down because of COVID. But because um, at that point, I was like, you know, I draw the line at a serious illness. Yeah, pandemic. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I felt like it was no longer going to work, especially because um, my husband um, is a heart patient. So like we really couldn't um, have him get coronavirus too many times because you never know when 
when it's going to be the last time with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it been a, like a serious struggle. I did not have like a boost up. I didn't have parents that, you know, were rolling in dough to send me to this school. I didn't have... Um, you know, a lot of advantages that some people do have where like maybe they've got a family member or um, a spouse that will help foot the bill. Nope. I, you know, you've got to take it all out in loans and pay it all out Mm -hmm. and pay it back later. And, you know, next comes my panic mode of how do I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's all going to be survival, you know? Yeah. So been there, done that. Yeah. It's a whole lot of park. Oh, God, seriously. And it's just so much thinking, I have to do this because if I don't do it, I'm going to fail this thing. And then if I fail this thing, then there's an extra consequence of having to pay back these loans that, you know, if I don't have for something you never completed. Exactly. Like if I don't have the shiny piece of paper at the end, I'm not as like marketable and I won't be able to get like the job prospects to pay it back so like it's very high stakes stuff it sounds like you had lots of internal and external motivation going on there you really really wanted it yeah and it was like yeah externally pressure yes and i feel i feel like just surviving things builds resilience Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. just survive like surviving traumatic situations or difficult situations I feel like that builds resilience because yeah you I mean you yeah. have to you have to well I mean you, know, you can live. either you yeah you can either yeah. let your life just go down a drain become addicted to something and mm-hmm. and you know uh be miserable <laughs> that's one option that's yeah yeah, yeah. It's not a good option. Yeah. So it's just I would, I would say, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, <laughs> some people are finding themselves in that in that place, you know, just at the bottom yeah. of an empty bottle every night. And um, so. Ugh. And you know what? If you're going to look at that, if, if you are at the bottom of that bottle every single night and you look at it one night and go, nope, not tonight, that takes a fuck ton of resilience. Like by the time you've hit that stage, it takes so much. And like I on a certain level, since I've only watched other people go through it and I've never gone through it myself, I can't like speak to what it's like to try to overcome an addiction. Um, All I can do is, you know, talk about trying to run away from, you know, something as something like homelessness. That's (laughs) that's where my resilience is at, is not trying not to hit the bottom. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I w- I'm just thinking back to that point about like, how do you know when what you're doing is something that you should just be walking away from, you know, like a bad relationship, mm. a bad job. I mean, oh God, especially with relationships, yeah. you know, you put so much work into them sometimes. We've all been there. You could do all the counseling yeah. and you, so late night conversations. How do you know or how do you know when that job that is just killing you is just you need to walk away? In my personal opinion, you know, you need to walk away when you can't imagine a future that has any happiness or any light to it. Yeah. With, when, when you continue right. down when that you path. Cannot, yeah. Yeah. You, if, if you cannot even imagine your current situation if you're miserable in your current situation and you can't even imagine it changing Mm. then it's time to get out it's time to yeah yeah like like i okay so after after i got divorced in 2021 i went through a couple of jobs and you know because i was just trying to find something and um was planning on starting my own business kind of at the same time. But anyway, I, I worked at Starbucks back in college and then I went back to Starbucks in 2021 and oh my God, it was awful. It was awful. I can tell you after just, after just a, about four or five weeks, I think I realized this is not for me, you know, like there's, there, there it was, mm-hmm. it's gotten so complicated and my, my poor little <laughs> inattentive ADHD brain just could not keep up with everything. And I was really good at talking to customers and being friendly, but everyone else that was working there, they were like, what are you doing? You know, just focus and just do what you're supposed to do. Stop chatting. You know, it was like, it's a totally different environment now. Mm. It is 
it's more like fast food, honestly, than the coffee shop it used to be. But so, you know, there was one particular day mm -hmm. where um, one of the other employees said something really rude to me. Um, it just about that I was getting in the way, basically. And hmm. that's when I decided, <clears throat> nope, I don't want to keep working on this. I don't want to keep fighting this. I, I don't see a future here. And so I just, I told the shift leader, uh, this is going to be my last day. I'll work the rest of my shift, but I'm done after this. And they were like, Oh, <laughs> but you know, so that <laughs> I, I went home that day feeling like kind of feeling a little down, like, you know, I quit something that I had started, you know, it's just been a cycle in my life, starting something, mm -hmm. trying it and then quitting it. But I did feel confident, though, that I did the right thing for me, though. You know, it wasn't a healthy environment. It did feel yeah. very toxic for me there. So I, th I think you, part of it's just mm -hmm. trusting your gut, too, you know, and realizing yeah. where you belong. So it's so hard, though. You know, I'm sure yeah. people have stories oh, about can be. quitting a job or, or quitting a relationship that they regret, you know, because in retrospect, they should have worked harder should have done something different, you know, but I mm. feel like maybe, maybe if you're in a situation mm. like that and you feel like, no, I am giving this my all and it's still not working. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a sign too. Yeah. See, yeah. I think that that is the main point. If you are doing everything that you mm -hmm. can and still mm -hmm. not seeing the needle yeah. move, yeah. Then, then it might be time to go. It's not yeah. for you. It, it, yeah. It might yeah. be time to or go. Or if there's like obvious yeah. signs of abuse or toxicity. Yeah get out of there oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that I you know looking at where it's gonna go down the hill or down the line is that's a really important point because so many people are there in not in a job where it's like toxic per se mm, you know like like we yeah, all we can bad, all recognize when yeah. A, yeah like it's really easy to recognize the situations where it's like oh, okay, well, obviously this is an abusive environment and I, I need to get out of it for my own health or safety. Like those, those situations are obvious, but like the ones that are less obvious are when it just isn't going to go anywhere. Like I used to work in call centers for like customer service and, and for other things too. But um, the call center environment is just one where there could be like hundreds of people on the phones and there might be like only a handful of management positions. So what is your likelihood of being promoted? It's not very good, especially if, you know, you're unwilling to um, like if if you have a management that's even that's, you know, toxic and you have to be part of a certain friends club or something like uh -oh. that. And you just clicky, you know, yeah, clicky workplaces are the worst. Yeah. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like then, you know, you know that it's just not going no matter how much effort you put in, if you're not part of the friends group or if you're not willing to, you know, give your boss some extra benefits that they're oh, pressuring you into yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I believe it happens. But though. like, you know. Oh, it does. Yeah, there have been I mean, there have been some situations, but like it's. <laughs> it, but um, if you're unwilling to, you know, to do those things and really who would be um, <laughs> like, then you got to just yeah. say, OK, well, I'm obviously not going to have like I'm, it's going to go nowhere. Even if I work here for 10 years, I'm still going to be in the same spot mm -hmm. 10 years later. Is that good enough for me? And if your answer is no, that's not good enough for me, then you have to move. Yeah. Yeah. Look around you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like I, I, I've been uh, talking a lot with my junior high school and high school students. Like we've been talking about jobs and it's like, I asked them, it's like, well, what are the jobs that you know of? And the list is so small. And I'm like, why is your list <laughs> so small? Like, look out into the world. There's like, there's so many jobs. There are so <laughs> many different types of jobs for people to do. They get closeted yeah. into this one thing. Did you know that designing food for commercials, that's a job. They like mm -hmm. make styrofoam and like they, they use like smoke or like, or wax. Some, like yeah. candles or something to make it look like it's steaming and stuff. Like that's a mm -hmm. job. 
somebody's like, job. How yeah, cool somebody is does that? that. Yeah, so find, yeah. find something that you like, love. Find something you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And there's so many opportunities. It's <laughs> never been easier yeah. to start your own business or just make money. You know, mm-hmm. start a TikTok, start a blog, do whatever you want. I don't know. Yeah, do what you want. But I I have a, you know, because we were talking about relationships and stuff, and I feel like that goes into both uh, emotional and oh yeah, the other okay, we got two left resilience. Yeah, but I feel like emotional and uh, emotional and social are kind of intertwined in my opinion because you know you have to be emotionally sensitive to be able to be social. Mm -hmm. You can't be social with any uh with any uh what's the word i'm looking for uh god dang it it's jen's pet peeve i don't know um apathy no success success that's what i was gonna say (laughs) my god what a basic fucking word to forget okay Um, it's a moment it's just a moment (laughs) success uh but yeah you can't you can't you can't have any kind of social success without having like mental like emotional Mm. resilience as well so i kind of feel like they're they're different but they meet yeah yeah like there's a venn diagram of these things Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's like a shady part in the middle yeah and i don't feel like i don't feel like social resilience is like that great because man everyone that's the problem our whole world just went through major trauma in 2020 that affected all of our social and emotional resilience everyone is more lonely and depressed now thanks to fucking covid you know it made a bunch of people into hermits (laughs) so oh Mm -hmm. but in Japan, just a couple weeks ago, the mask mandate oh. is gone. So, oh. yeah, I thought I thought I was going to be the shy foreigner, like I don't want to be the first person to take off my mask because I'm a foreigner and everybody yeah. will look at me. It lasted oh. one day, and then I was like, "Well, fuck this shit!" And I was I have not worn a mask in like <laughs> are lots of people weeks. still wearing it, even though they say you don't. Yes, have yeah, it's Japan and it's a mm. fever season, so. I feel like I feel like as summer comes, there'll be a lot less oh, people. Oh yeah, masks, wearing a mask in the summer like, sucks. Um, mm-hmm. But Japan kind of always have has had a mask yeah. culture, so yeah. it's not weird. But it's like I'm seeing more and more people with no masks. But I thought I was going to be really self conscious about it, and it la- that self consciousness lasted Good. one day. And the freedom yeah. that I feel like not <laughs> having to worry about my mask or like having that hot breath or like not having free access to air (laughs) so good and uh it's interesting too because it changes the social interactions Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. with my students and everything they could see my whole face they're not just seeing my eyes Mm -hmm. and so they see my smile they see the reactions they see like everything about my face and it like it we it's like bonding. Oh, it's that's really great. interesting. So oh, I'm cool. like, no masks. Uh-huh. I think they just lifted the healthcare office one here. Like now, yeah. you're not required to wear one in healthcare office. I just went to get uh, a. I just offices, got a so. mammogram last week for the first time, actually, and I walked in, grabbed a mask, and then I looked up, and everyone in the waiting room was not wearing one because I'm in the Midwest. And so, you know, of course people aren't going to wear one the second they don't right. have to, but I was but right. we still but had to right. in hospitals. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, guess we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a few, it feels like. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> freedom. Let's just hope COVID doesn't come back. Well, I, I mean, th- I feel like because around. now we have it. Yeah, it's it's endemic. We have vaccinations and we have uh, antiviral medications now. So yeah, uh, we were resilient. It's the same as if, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, hu- as a human mm-hmm, species, mm-hmm. we did get yeah. some resilience. I think humans mm-hmm. as a species are pretty mm-hmm. resilient. Um, see, I think that the whole COVID shutdown thing was social resilience f- only for extroverts. Mm. And all of us introverts were like, yes, I don't have to talk to you bitches. They were so relieved. I'm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I'm an introvert and I, you know, have a really great imagination and, you know, colorful workings going on inside my head. So I don't necessarily feel like I have to socialize per se. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't really need to see other people. I could be just as well yeah, so without it. So I was like, all right, you, whatever. Like the, going through lockdown was a lot easier for you than other people that piece of yeah. cake. It was like any yeah. other day. You yeah. didn't even have to use <laughs> your resilience. Like, all right. Yeah, that's interesting. Not truly. I, mean, I no. just had it. I just had it because like gigs were canceled and yeah. uh, I have an English school, so I have to be social mm-hmm. anyway. But like not having to go out and do things like with friends was great. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's great. And now I have to go out and do things with friends and now I have to figure out how to cancel those things with friends without hurting people's feelings again. Ah, dang it. I, you know, I do feel like overall going through COVID, the pandemic, I I feel like it helped us kind of maybe whittle down our friends lists a little bit, you know? And so you're hanging out with people who are, I don't know. Like when you go through a crisis, it it really forces you to just, it sifts your life. Only the most important things are going to be remaining. You know, you're going to lose some friends along the way. You're going to realize when when you're not, when you can't hang out with people, you're going to realize, oh, I don't really miss that friendship. Actually, I don't think it was serving me. And so maybe in some Mm -hmm. ways it was good. It tempered us. I think that the first indication that something like that was going on was when, you know, people had had, you know, not seen each other for a while and then they really started missing each other. Like even as an introvert, I started missing certain friends, Mm -hmm. you know. And so then the term COVID pod became a thing (laughs) where it's like, oh, this person's a part of my COVID pod. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yep. Where we just had these friends groups that you would go hang out with anyway, despite the fact that it was really ill-advised. Oh, yeah. You ride together, you <laughs> and die then you together. just all get COVID together. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's how we. That's how we were resilient. We we had to form our COVID pods and get our fill of. Uh... Yeah, because yeah, it, it is. You know, it, it is really important to have relationships that with people that you love and trust, and I think mm-hmm. that's how we stay resilient. Is is through relationships with other people we can't do this ourselves like there's i know there's so much pressure in our society mm-hmm. to you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out and be resilient and do it all on your own but it's like god we really need each other mm-hmm. you know as humans we do rely yeah. on each other yeah well, and yeah and i was telling ellen jen before you popped on i was like <laughs> yeah because you know one of the things that you learn when you're doing uh counseling classes and studying that is don't self-diagnose never Mm -hmm. Mm self-diagnose because you can't see yourself like you see yourself in a mirror it's It's so true because yeah yeah you know but the people in your life who you love who are beneficial to your life because there are toxic people in your life oh yeah don't listen to those (laughs) bitches listen to the ones that are actually there for your well-being and your you know and listen to them and get your feedback from them because they're able to see you better than you can see yourself. And no matter how much training you do, how much research you do on your ADHD and how you're coping and things, you are tainted by your own opinion mm-hmm. of yourself. Uh-huh. And so always don't look at yourself through your own eyes. Look look at yourself through the eyes of other people who see you. Listen to that feedback mm-hmm. and trust That's it. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that and that's why having people in your life that you can trust is a real benefit because you, you know, you obviously don't want to listen to the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you if yeah. you don't have someone uh, in your life that you love and trust, then I don't know. Go on Reddit. There's a lot of cool people on there you can meet. <laughs> <laughs> the ADHD. That ADHD women club is great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is, yeah. I, that I is, actually really honestly. like it. It gets yeah. overwhelming. Well, for me, yes. Though. There's lots of chatter on there. <laughs> too much, too much stimulation. Mm-hmm. Like too much stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah. too much. Yeah, it's. Just but yeah, more. I think I think it is important yeah. to be social. And I went through a phase in my life after the divorce where I was not social. I was hibernating for probably a good nine months. You know, didn't want to hang out with anyone. 
Mm-hmm. And what I've realized about myself is that it is good for me to hang out with friends that, you know, on a regular basis. And so I do try to make plans and go along mm-hmm. with those, even if I don't always feel like it, you know, because it's hard for me to make plans, but it's good for you. It's good for you to hang out with yeah. other people. Yeah, it is. Closing thought. If you're an introvert, then um, social resilience will become emotional resilience. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It Because, I mean, yeah, you have to, like, push your way through mm-hmm. it. And I, I think a lot of people with ADHD are, are introverts. So if you can be socially resilient, you can also be emotionally mm-hmm. resilient. <laughs> I would say... I think I think yeah. that's lovely. Um, from yeah, like, <laughs> when I've seen the most resilience happen in my life is from just getting to know myself. You know, if you don't know yourself, then you don't know what you need, and you don't know you don't even know what you want sometimes. So you got to figure that out first. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you might be yeah digging the wrong hole. You know, putting all your time and energy to something that's not going to serve you. Yes, I think that's a really important mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I think that I guess my closing thought is, you know, resilience looks yeah. different for everybody. Everybody has their own thresholds to, you know, what they can, you know, overcome, what they can deal with. And resilience can be small, it can be big, it can be a lot of different si- shapes, sizes, colors, but look for what you are resilient in, in your life and use that mm-hmm. as a model to be able to apply it to something else in your life. And also realize that there is a difference between being resilient and just mm-hmm. pushing through. There is. Because yeah, we, we, we want, we yeah. want to be, you know, we want to thrive. We want to have joy and happiness in our lives. And it's not yeah. always going to be, you know, roses, but like, <laughs> yeah, I Welcome guess yeah. humanity. Yeah. But I think if we look at our lives and look at kind of, you know, overall where we're headed, like, you know, it's good to feel peace about that. And so, you know, that'll help you build that'll help you build resilience, knowing that you're moving the right direction in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Oh, and one more closing thought. Do not compete with resilience. Don't compete. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like I see all that. Like. I I see this real culture of competitive pain going on in life right Mm. now, like where people feel pressure to compete with how much pain or suffering or resilience they've had. Don't just don't do it. Like skip that part because, um, you know, your level of resilience is going to, or your, your level is going to be different than a friend. And also where in, where in life you're resilient is going to be different than a friend. So don't buy into the competition of I, I'm more resilient than somebody else. Cause I had all these hard things happen to me. Um, because, you know, maybe you still lack a certain kind of resilience that somebody who didn't have all those hard things happen to them actually possesses. So like we kind of have to come at it with a bit of humility. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Just compare yourself to you and how you want to grow. You know, Mm -hmm. resilience for you might, might mean that you got out of bed and took a shower today. You know, that's a step or you cooked yourself a meal yes you know something little like that like celebrate those small victories where you're like yeah i'm moving forward in life yeah like despite having turned in a thesis over 300 pages in the last week the day afterward i was like oh my god i'm cooking i'm cooking pancakes like this is amazing (laughs) because i had not cooked a single thing for a week and i was like oh my god i'm cooking now like so yeah like there can be those moments where normally, you know, you wouldn't think twice about something, but all of a sudden that thing that you took for granted every day was like, oh, wow, this, I can't believe I'm doing this right That's now. That's so true. <laughs> it's amazing. Own your mm-hmm. victories. Own the victories. I made yeah, Oh, you've got to celebrate those little victories along the way in life. T- definitely. Yeah, totally. We so can do this. I guess to wrap this up, even, we can do this. We can all do all the hard things that we want to we just have to know that they're good for us and that that's actually our real Mm -hmm. goals in life and then you know once that's where it's at accept no substitutes that's all i'm gonna say hell yeah (laughs) but anyway thanks guys for being resilient 
during this mini TED talk <laughs> of ours. And we hope you'll be even more resilient and listen to us next That's time right. as well. We love so, you. As always, Bubble Bubble Tub. Tub. <laughs> Bazel Tub. <laughs>